This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we're not going to get you rich. There are sleazeballs abound all over the internet who will be happy to take your money to chase down that lie. Here at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. Godspeed. Welcome to the Jay and Silent Rob podcast. Coming at you first weekend recording, right? Saturday, February the 1st, the year of our Lord 2020, Mr. Jay Swa. Rob, what's going on, man? How are you? How are things? Yes, it is our first weekend recording. I was actually thinking about this uh, since we've moved to a bi-weekly format uh, since football is, is done. Um, I will actually be in Arizona in two weeks, so maybe we'll get a live record next next time we do this. Wow. Be, yeah. I don't know. That's just this kind of a, a teaser as they, they say in the biz. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. what's new? Any news uh, in your life, in your existence? <laughs> what a loaded question, I'll tell you that, audience. Yes, things are new. I, I asked my girlfriend, my roommate, to get married to me. She said yes. Biggest mistake of her life, but <laughs> what a big win for me. What an upset, am I right? Total upset, upset alert, hot seat, all that. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, that's a weird phrase, dude. That's a weird phrase. Congratulations. Man, you must have put some sort of voodoo on her for her to mm-hmm. accept that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, good good for you. Um, she doesn't yeah, listen to the pod. That's probably how this. <laughs> that's. That's yeah. It's always a, a healthy recommendation to people. Mm-hmm. Your doctor would not advise you to listen to this podcast, no. nor nor your fiance. No. That's good. That's good. Uh, but yeah, I I am on the other side of the spectrum. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I'm I'm playing the dating game, uh, but I'm also uh, you know not really not really close to anything on that mm-hmm. term. So hey. We've got all realms here, all realms here. Um, but yeah, like we talked about, we're going to move to a bi-weekly format just because football is over. Um, we are six weeks from Selection Sunday, which is weird. So, uh, you know, for the next about two, three months, we'll, we'll do a bi-weekly format. And then we'll have an off-season right around the end of May, uh, right before the NBA Finals. And then we'll gear back up for football season. Um, I think we've got a lot of good feedback on things. Um but uh, obviously, this is going to be mostly geared towards the Super Bowl. Uh, Rob, do you know who's playing in the Super Bowl this year? I do, and my fiance kind of knew. She uh, she was like, "Is someone from Missouri in it?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, babe, it is Missouri." Nice, good. So um, yeah, I'm kind of just go over the game as a whole. Um, just overall strategies. What's funny about the, the uh, Super Bowl, how it differs from any other game other than, of course, it being the championship, but from a betting perspective. Talk about props for a little bit and then just briefly go over college basketball and then we'll get you all out of here. But uh, yeah, as Rob's uh, fiance alluded to, there is a team from Missouri, Kansas City Chiefs, which are currently a point and a half favorite uh, over the San Francisco gold digging 49ers um, game taking place in beautiful Miami, Florida. Uh, temperatures looking about 70 degrees. Um, yeah, I got a, over under a 54, so it opened at 51. It was pretty much a pick'em uh, when it opened, so the total was at 51. The the spread was even. The Chiefs have 
uh, taking some action there, minus one and a half. I still think uh, that spread is a little low. I, I am uh, I like the Chiefs in this game. The Niners have, or excuse me, the total has uh, gone up to 54, so there's been over money. I expect that to probably close around 53, 54. But what makes the Super Bowl so interesting is it is the one game in the NFL where the public actually dictates the marketplace. So the, there's so much casual money that, that gets poured in. Just people, 50, 60-year-olds with so much money, and they just, especially now with so much easier access to betting, um, they can just get down seven figures easily. And that's just, there's no other game in which that's possible. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I shouldn't say there's no other game where that's possible, but there's no there's no other game where you're going to get casual people. And what I mean by casual is like they won't watch most of the season. Like, yeah, you know, you'll get casual people that all, oh, you know, it's 10 minutes before game. I want to put down an obscene amount of money. You can get that money down. But here, yeah, we're talking high six, even seven-figure bets will come in from from people. And it's usually right before t- uh, the, the game starts. So I think the, the highest we've got is a couple million-dollar bets, both in the Niners, actually, from some um, from some unknown, uh, you know, kind of people with some deep pockets. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's just uh, you know I spent last year in Vegas during the, the Super Bowl and it's just it's crazy. More people travel to Vegas than the actual Super Bowl location because they just want a little piece of the action. And um, that being said, there actually is more money now bet on props than are the actual game. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, um, just brief overview. Uh, I like the the Chiefs here, even at one and a half. Um, and I'll kind of dive into that. Any early reactions to anything I went over in terms of props or getting seven figures down or anything there, Rob? Yeah, two questions. One, does that mean that this is like arguably a less sharp line than the the rest of the lines in the NFL season? And two, you said it opened even. Does the market for these games open like the the second that it's clear that you know whatever the last um, conference championship game ended is that like the moment that like an online betting you know w- whatever marketplace is moving the fastest has this open as soon as like all right there's three minutes left it's clear the you know the chiefs are going to take this or which whichever one was last is that when those open uh yeah so first question is this the least sharp uh like least efficient line it is not just because weeks one through like six, there's just so many more variables at play, like unknowns, just because there's so much turnover from off season to off season. But in terms of like the back half of the season, this is the most inefficient, but it's not inefficient, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So mm-hmm. it's more inefficient than the, the uh, average, let's say, from week probably f- you know 14, excluding week 17 because there's so many backups. But from like let's say week 14 to you know throughout the playoffs, this is the most inefficient line, but it is not inefficient in itself. It's pr- I'd say the proper line. Uh, see, the problem is is I've, I'm higher than Chiefs than most people, um, so so I'm, I'm probably gonna be biased with this. But uh, they just have more influence. I, the, the biggest thing that's off is the total. The total is inflated. Being 54 points is, is too high. It really should be probably around 49 to 50. Uh, but, but people want to bet the over. People want to bet the over no matter what. Then you factor in that Patrick Mahomes is involved, you know, arguably the most exciting quarterback in football. That, you know, that compounds it in terms of uh, its inefficiency. 
but that's the biggest inefficiency right now. I, I have the Chiefs. This should be a three-point game. I, I have, uh, which isn't drastically off, but that's that's about twenty to thirty cents off. Uh, and three is obviously an important number. Um, but yeah, it, and then your second question was about um, help me. When does me when does it open? Oh yeah, yeah. So because of the blowout, so. Kansas City beat the Titans. That was the first game two weeks ago for the AFC Championship game. And the NFC Championship game was the Niners versus the the Packers. So in between uh, the Chiefs-Niners game, the Chiefs pretty much put a a nice onslaught on the Titans. So the Chiefs opened minus three against – so it was a hypothetical line. Uh, Chiefs Chiefs opened minus three versus the Niners, and uh, they opened minus seven and a half versus the Packers if the Packers were to win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the, the Niners uh, go and, and stomp the Packers, and it's like early second half, and it's pretty clear the Niners are going to win. So then they reopen the lines at uh, about a pick, uh, a Chiefs a pick over the Niners. So then that pretty quickly moved to Chiefs money coming in to about minus one. It's pretty much been minus one in most places. And now, depending on where you go, both geographically and just websites online, you have anywhere between uh, Chiefs one and a half, like straight up, to you got to pay a little extra juice, a little extra money for it. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, that, that kind of answers your two questions. Now, the reason why I like the Chiefs is uh, I believe this game realistically has three falls into three types of outcomes. Uh, I think the Niners, about 40%, and this is all hypothetical, but or like um, rough estimates, but I'd say about 40% of the time, I think the, the Niners win by, let's say, seven or less. I think about 40% of the time, the Chiefs win by seven or less. But the real difference is, is uh, the outcome where the Chiefs blow out the Niners is probably four to five times more likely than uh, the, the Niners blowing out the Chiefs. And the reason I, I, I um, think that is just game script and what i mean by game script is just how the game plays out so the the reason of, of this is the niners have a good great offense but it's a rod, rushing offense um and they're very easily let's say the niners go up in this game they control the clock uh it's it's it compounds their advantage because not only is that their main source of uh you know, their offense is running the ball. It's also the Chiefs' weakness is, um, you know, the ground game. But it's also keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. You're, you're controlling the clock. You are keeping, you know, that explosive offense on the sidelines. You you know, you're, you're kind of battering ram the defense. But that also is not going to let you put up a lot of points comparatively because you are running clock. Uh, uh, and essentially it also means the Chiefs, the, the Chiefs can always come back. Because of their ability to throw the ball, they can always come back. So game script one, the Niners go and, and you know, they take a, a lead and the Chiefs, they're never going to be out of it. Even if that's, say, they're 14 set. Possible outcomes. Right. So the possible outcomes is essentially the Chiefs are three to, I'd say three to five times more likely to blow out the Niners where than the Niners are to blow out the Chiefs. And that's just their passing game. So like I said, I think the biggest advantage is, is looking at um, alternate spreads. So what that means is you can find some places around seven or uh, the Chiefs minus seven or minus seven and a half, which will pay you around three or four to one. And uh, you can even find some more where it's like uh, Chiefs minus 13 or and a half or Chiefs uh, minus 14 and a half, something like that. And you can get closer like six or seven to one. I think that's actually where you want to bet this game is just because. You know, 80% of the time you're going to get a you know seven points or less. You know, let's say we're either team winning, 
but the the game script where the Chiefs take a lead, let's say they come out and score first, and the Niners, let's say, don't score and they're trailing the whole game, um, Jimmy G is, is is most likely probably a 15 to, to maybe 10th best quarterback in the league, and he's just more prone for interceptions. And when you get that type of game script, then the Chiefs can also cheat more towards the pass. And, you know, it's just one of those things where things can compound. And it's also the hard part is, is people understanding that this is not the this is not even a likely outcome. It's actually a highly unlikely outcome. But understanding that if it were to pay off, you know, if it were to go this way, um, you actually do have an expected value on this because, uh, you know, you're in that scenario. It's not a likely scenario, but if it were to happen, it's going to reward you more than it costs, um, at least in terms of how I, lo- I look at this game. Uh, when the Niners, they can run the ball, they can play good defense, but that doesn't help you when you are trailing by 14 points. Does that mm-hmm. make any sense? It does. Okay. It does. So we're living in this. You gave it like, you split this up. The probability space, 40%, 40%, 20%, the first two being close games. And you would rather, like, you see possible value within that 20% of outcomes, just betting on the likelihood that it's in Kansas City's favor dramatically more so than in San Francisco's favor. Right, right, exactly. So um, and where you get this value is because what they'll do is, and I'm just using um, not real prices, but just to make it easier. Um, let's say, you know, a team to win by 14 or more points. Let's say you get, you know, three to one odds on that. Where of course, you get either team to do that or you could pick the individual team, either the Niners or the Chiefs, and you could get six to one. You know, it, it makes more sense to take the Chiefs six to one than it does to take both teams at three to one because it's not there's no way you can make, tell me the case that. Um, you know, there's more likelihood or an even likelihood of the, the Niners blowing out the Chiefs comparatively to the Chiefs blowing out the Niners. You know, if you got to remember, you know, if we're running 10,000 simulations, uh, you know, 15 percent, I would say, would be a blowout for the Chiefs, whereas about 5 percent would be the Niners blowing out the Chiefs. And just just because of what we talked about, um, the, the Niners are, are con, you know, controlling the clock, uh, running the ball down your throat, playing good defense. Whereas the Kansas City is, uh, you know, they can put up points at any second. Um, you know, they can throw the ball, you know, things of that nature. Whereas the Niners, that's their weakness is they can't throw the ball. And it becomes exponentially harder to throw the ball when you're, you know, the defense knows you have to throw the ball. So there's more likely for turnovers, things of that nature. You get another turnover, then the, the defense can cheat even more on the pass because now you're in a bigger hole, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think that's where the biggest edge is. Um, I still, I have a bet on the chiefs at minus one, uh, you know, when that came out, uh, I, I just like the, I like the chiefs. I like their experience. Uh, that being said, the Niners are not a bad team. Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, he's a great coach. He will have them prepared. Uh, it's just, I think that's where the real value lies is in the game scripts. Uh, mm-hmm. which is, I think, which I think is a, is kind of like a teaching moment because like I said, unfortunately this, it's not a likely outcome. Like, you know, perfect world. That's what happens uh, for my bankroll as well as just, you know, for, for, you know, as a teaching lesson to people, but that's just, a, I, I want people to kind of think of it that way because we need to return to the fact that you are seeing one, you know, outcome of tens of thousands. Like, you know, the, the, you're just hitting 
you know, the play button on one game when really you got to think of it as a range of outcomes because that's all you can do as a better. You know, you, you, there's so many different ways the game could actually go. Yep. Dig it. Very cool. So now um, this is, you know, a lot of people's favorite is props. So what do you know about prop betting? Have you ever made a prop wager? Um, obviously, you're going to make a prop wager by the end of this. I will, I will put it in for you. Um, but uh, <laughs> we, we are, of course, recording this within the same state line, so we're not in violation of the Wire Act. <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, I, I'm up in Flagstaff, bro. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, but, yeah, what do you know about prop betting? Uh, I actually don't even know what it's short for. I know it's like a derivative bet on some weird – some weird element of the game. I have made a prop bet and it was a long time ago and it was with uh, an, an unnamed friend of mine that he would, he was off the, uh, the dating app game and I made a, a prop bet that he would get his ass back on it. I don't know if that counts actually. But <laughs> I'm saying it for the time pain. Very good. It's, it's so it's short for proposition. So like, you know, I have a proposition for you or I'm propositioning you uh, if you're going the Tinder route, but um yeah, so and really it was created um, – I actually just listened to a really good podcast about kind of like the history of uh, sports betting in Vegas and, and really the, the evolution of prop wagering. But prop wagering really got its uh, start with uh, the fridge. The Bears, I want to say eight, maybe 86, some, some year in the, in the 80s where they had a huge nose tackle, uh, the Fridge Perry, uh, who – they put a proposition up, well, he scored a touchdown. And I think it opened somewhere like 10 to one and then it got bet down to like three to one. So like all these public people, uh, you know, just, you know, they want something to root for. And, and apparently the fridge later in the season, they had, he's a, he's a big nose tackle, but they had started lining him up as like a fullback and running back. And, you know, they get into like one yard, you know, goal line situations, they would hand it off to him. So people, you know, maybe put some money on it, you know, thinking, Hey, I put a hundred on this. I get a grand. Uh, at least when the odds opened and it closed all the way down to three to one. So it just shows you how much money came in on it. And they actually uh, got a goal line situation and they had, I believe they had uh, Walter Payton in the backfield. who's like, you know, hall of fame, all time, great running back, but they decided to hand it off to the fridge. And uh, many of the more veteran sports books said that's the loudest they've ever heard a sports book go because it was all public money. Everyone just kind of having fun. And that kind of like uh, started the prop wagering, and it really evolved in the 90s because the NFC was so dominant. So they would just lead to blowouts uh, in the Super Bowl. So they were like, man, we got to give people more incentive to bet for the, you know, just just more reasons to watch the second half. You know, we have this this great platform, but these games have turned into stinkers, to clunkers. What are some ways to keep people excited about the second half and and wanting to, you know, give us more money, you know, as the as the sports books do. Um, so that that's kind of what proposition wagering is. But now what you have is pretty much every major player will have an over under uh, and they will have a yes, no prop for scoring a touchdown. So the over under is how many either let's say they're running back, how many rushing yards they will have, how many rushing attempts they will have, how many receiving yards um, and et cetera, et cetera. So every kind of skill position player on the offense will have that even like the third string wide receivers and some sports books, you know, backup running backs, things of that nature. And um, as you can imagine, the public is going to want to bet the yes and the over because people, you know, turn on turn on the television entertainment because they want to see stuff happen. It's just basic human, uh, you know, psychology. 
Uh, they just, you know, that, that's why they want the fix. People aren't going to, oh, I want to tune in this game and see, you know, a zero zero game, right? You want to see points, you want to see action. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of like the evolution of prop betting. Um, does that answer any questions before I maybe go into some angles we can look at and uh, maybe some bets I like? Hit it. All right. So the biggest thing is, is really just capitalizing off what we saw last. So what we saw last is the last two weeks with the Chiefs is their offense just be incredible, uh, score up a bunch of points. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes go crazy. So first and foremost, you, you're going to have value on Patrick Mahomes under passing yardage. Um, that's just inherent value. And, and just because, like we talked about the public, you're going to want to wait as long as possible to bet this. Um, and remember, this isn't your entertainment, you know, like this is just probably, you know, 56, 60 percent of the time this is going to hold value just because it's going to be moved by the public so much. So I do like Patrick Mahomes uh, right now. The highest I see is about 312 passing yards um, on the under for that. Uh, and really, if you can find the best price for almost any Chiefs player, uh, the under for that or the no for that for any of their yes, no propositions for um, getting a touchdown or yardage. The biggest thing here is each shop is because there's so much to bet on. There's, there's legitimately thousands of ways to bet this game. They have each place has unique li- liability. So they're going to offer a price on the other side. That's not probably going to be with the same of the market because let's take, for example, uh, Nicole Hardman, who's like the third wide receiver for the Chiefs, if they get a $10,000 bet, and, and most likely they're not going to take it $10,000, but let's say they get a you know, $5,000 bet on the yes for him to uh, score a touchdown, they need to entice action on the other side. So their no is going to be, you know, a discounted price. So, they, you know, that's that's the benefit of shopping around. Um, so so I really kind of any, – any type of uh, – you know, angle you can see for that, I would take the no or the under four. And legitimately, I think it's eight of the last 10 Super Bowls. If you kind of just did a diversification of un, like just just sprinkle under on everything, you would come out a winner uh, just because, you know, one guy, I'd say it all funnels through one guy. I'd say one guy gets four touchdowns. Well, okay, yeah, you lose that that no bet on, let's say, a, a Travis Kelsey, but that means you win your no bets on every other, uh, you know, Chiefs receiver to catch a touchdown because Kelsey caught four, mm-hmm. uh, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty much basic psychology of what, what's the public going to bet, and you want to bet the opposite. Um, so, so that's the Patrick Mahomes one is, is definitely the one I'll be looking at just because every Joe Blow is going to want to bet the over. Um, remember, this is still going to lose roughly 40 to 45 percent of the time. <laughs> it's not, mm-hmm. there's not by any means a lock. Uh, but a way you can kind of diversify that is taking that Chiefs minus seven and a half or minus ten and a half or minus 14 and a half. So, yeah, you lose a bet that's it's even money, you know, minus 110. So you, you bet 110 to win 100, let's say. Uh, on the under, but if you put another hundred on Chiefs minus fourteen and a half, uh, you know Patrick Mahomes, if he goes off and, and throws for four hundred yards, well, most likely the Chiefs destroy the Niners. So then your seven to one bet um, that we kind of recommended, that's going to hit. So mm-hmm. instead of winning seven to one, you win six to one. So um, that, that's definitely a way to diversify um, and, and kind of give you access to a broad range of outcomes. 
that we talked about. Uh, but the other on the other side of the ball, uh, Raheem Mosert, who is the kind of like star player for uh, the the Niners running back. He had four touchdowns in the last game. So this is also just taking advantage of recency bias. So the last time. Last football game was the Packers Niners, and everyone saw Raheem Mozart just destroy the Packers. Four touchdowns. So, of course, recency bias is going to make every Joe Blow want to take the yes proposition on him scoring a touchdown and the over on his rushing attempts, his rushing yards, uh, things of that nature. So, it's going to be inherently higher than it really should be. Uh, another added kind of caveat is there's the from Niners play traditionally three running backs, Matt Breida. Uh, Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert, but Coleman was out or hurt for most of the last game. So it's another reason that kind of inflated his carries, his yards, his touchdown usage, touchdown equity, as as uh, we call it in the biz. Uh, but Coleman is looking like he's going to play. I'm waiting to make any under bet to, you know, just wait to make sure he is 100%. He is going to play. But Shanahan, uh, their their coach, usually imp- implements a three-headed monster and kind of goes with a hot hand. So if Coleman's playing, I love everything under for Raheem Mozart. Uh, touchdowns, carries, uh, yards, all of that nature, uh, anything of that nature. And once again, you want to look for the, you know, you want to shop around for the best price. Uh, I've seen it fluctuate anywhere from 60, or excuse me, 78 and a half rushing yards all the way down to about 70 rushing yards. You obviously want to take the under on that uh, at, at 78 and a half. Uh, if for whatever reason you like the over, you'd obviously want to take that at 70. So that's just the the, the art of, of shopping around and, and looking for prices. Uh, does any of that uh, make sense or questions or t- come up with that? Or uh, are you ready for the fun props? Uh, I am ready for the fun props, but I have a, a, a note there. The, in the investment world, you might call the you mentioned doing um, like taking a, a higher line on Kansas City while taking the under on Patrick Mahomes total yards or touchdowns or whatever. Um, pairs trade is the term. So like you stack two trades together uh, that may have different diversified outcomes uh, that, that look better together than they do individually. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't wasn't aware of that term, but um, yeah. I mean that it, it, exactly. I, I think the you know we're getting value on this other one, but then we're getting a little bit of an insurance policy with some of the other things we like. Um, I mean, there's still 20 to you know 40 percent of the time when it falls where uh, the over for Patrick Mahomes hits, but my my minus 14 and a half or my minus seven and a half doesn't hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously we're going to live in that, but, but yeah, yeah, no. And that's the other thing people will have to remember is, is just, this is one outcome of, of, you know, we're, we're just watching one simulation of the game. Um, you know, last year, for example, the Patriots Rams game was 13 to three. The spread in that game was like 50 some odd points. So it went, <laughs> went under by like 30 some odd points. I mean, it's absurd. Uh, you know, that, that is on the, you know, fifth or you know six percentile of outcomes that you know could have come out but that's the that's the one we got you know so conversely we could we could see a shootout we could see 80 points tomorrow um but realize that's on you know 96 97th percent outcome uh and and that's just the the, the hardest thing you know any of us have with sports betting is just remembering that there is so much randomness involved so many variables uh and you know we only see see one run of things uh, but yeah, getting to the to the fun props. Two fun props I, I really like tomorrow. Uh, will uh, Donald Trump tweet during the game? 
Uh, it is a favorite. I actually went back and looked at the last four Super Bowls. He did not tweet during the last four Super or three Super Bowls. But being an election year and um, just just you know you can only get like a hundred dollars on these these bets. Um, I got it at minus one eighty five, I think. Uh, it's, it's like minus two hundred now. Uh, I just think that's gonna be. I'm just gonna turn my my uh, my notifications on for our, our dear president and hope it lights up uh, on Twitter. I I don't know. It's like four and a half. Uh, you know, hour game and and if he can't tweet during that, I mean, come on now. Uh, so that's one fun one. And so this is not fun. this is not Super Bowl related. This is any tweet. And exactly, does he tweet during the Super Bowl? Um, so, so what's his like tweets per hour over the course right. of 2019? Like, right. right, exactly. So I look at that and I just feel like it's gotten more and more. And then of course, it being an election year, I think he's not going. And, and us, you know, being so close to. Uh, you know, caucuses and whatnot that I, I don't think he's going to miss this opportunity, especially during that 40 minute halftime, which I looked at my my sports books rules to make sure that halftime counts and it does count. So it's from the kickoff to uh, the end, you know, zero, zero on the clock. So, uh, I mean, just something tells me during halftime that that tweet's going to going to come through. Um, you know, just while all of America is looking for something to talk about, he's going to to provide as he always does, as he as he always does. So mm-hmm. that's one that's one fun fun prop for you. The other one, more uh, somewhat more uh, football related, is Raheem Mozart. Uh, will the announcers, good old Joe Buck, will they mention that he was undrafted? Um, for me, he's like one of the biggest storylines for the 49ers. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback, but he's not the star player of the team. They have George Kittle, who's a star, but uh, Raheem Mozart is, was the star of the last game, and all they need to do is mention it once. So maybe he has a big run, or maybe he, you know, just to start out the game, they might introduce that. Uh, it is a small, or it is a sizable favorite, right around minus two hundred, minus two hundred. But I did put a put up like a hundred bucks or almost two hundred dollars to win a hundred on that. Uh, I just I don't see how in that four hour span. Uh, actually, halftime does not count for this bet, but just during the four-hour span that they don't talk about, especially with Joe Buck's dumbass uh, calling the game, I don't see how they not they don't talk about it. So uh, that's just another fun one for you. Uh, I think I think uh, you, know, I, you know just a little entertainment value. Uh, but like I said, I will post the other football-related plays, any any bets I I have. But I am waiting because they, most of them will be unders. I'm waiting to the last moment because the the public money kind of comes in and you know. Then the sharps kind of wait to the last second to to get down on it, if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, that, that that's the old Super Bowl. Anything uh, lingering questions or anything we want to talk about before we we briefly talk about the hardwood? No, I think we covered it. Wait till late, do some prop bets, dumb money, yada yada. There you go, Chiefs by a trillion. That's that's uh, that's God's <laughs> plan, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, I. I we talked about this briefly before the show, but I uh, have been having a b- bit of a bad January. It's actually my third losing January in the last four years. And, uh, you know, it's just – first of all, it's going to happen. But I think it's just the, the transfer from uh, non-conference to conference play. And, you know, I, a lot of people I follow, they've obviously – they have had similarly unsuccessful losing uh, January this January. So it's definitely a note I, I've, I want to look at in the offseason about how things change, maybe tempo, things of that nature. But um, I do want to bring up how you're going to deal with the losing streak because it is going to happen. I mean, it's why we have our, our a little bit of our intro there, our disclaimer. 
Um, you know, the reality is, is that in a 12 month, let's say you, you bet, you know, every month of the year, if you have five losing months and seven winning months, obviously this is an oversimplification, but and let's say it's it's relatively the same for each month. You you are winning. You are making money. So um, that that is something that is bound to happen. And you know an arbitrary cutoff like you know four and a half week sample size. Yeah, you can very easily lose. You can very easily lose two three months in a row. Uh, it is very you know challenging to get over it. And I, I think that's where the the biggest hurdle. It's like the last hurdle people go from in terms of becoming good at sports betting is is how they deal with it. Uh, a, a common term in poker and in sports is called going on tilt. And that's when you, you know, just let the emotions ride and then you start making negative expected value bets or plays in poker. And and that's where the it's like the last hurdle most people can't get over from becoming an amateur to like a, a profitable, at least, uh, gambler. So it's just something I wanted to address, and, and I don't delete my tweets. I don't, you know, hey, if, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, winning lately, but um, that happens, and and you know, I I, I get texts from people about, oh, you know, we're having a down year, blah blah blah, and it's like, you know, hey, it, it's it's January, it's 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 early, and you know, what what people also need to understand is what are they expecting to get as a return here. What it would, you know, it's kind of like the stock market. It's, 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 are you expecting to, to three X, four X your money in terms of, of, you know, cause, cause that obviously as you, you'll attest to is, is not, is not uh, realistic, you know, and, and the biggest thing is, is if you can profit off sports betting, you know, in the long term, you're, you're pretty much in, in the 90, 90 to 95, 95th, excuse me, percentile. So just to, and that, that means making, you know, a dollar to making, you know, God willing four or five figures. Uh, so just just a reminder to people that, uh, you know, manage your expectations. And if you think this is, uh, you know, where your retirement money should be going, you you probably need to talk to somebody because that that is just, that is just not the case. Um, anything about that jump out to you, Rob? Anything um, any questions, um, you know, how, uh, strategies in investing? We might call this seasonality. And it's a tendency for a time period to just behave in some way. So there are like there's there's people who specialize in, in betting on seasonality in markets in various ways. I want to say like either August or October exhibits some weird trends where it always always goes in one way. But no, I, I think you're I think the disclaimer is is on point. Like these absolutely will happen. It should be expected um beforehand before like this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone and uh it's not it can be noise and not signal right it can be it doesn't mean exactly it doesn't mean the process is is broken if you need to update your process of course do it but um a, a losing month even your best sport doesn't is not like indicative of of uh brokenness absolutely and that that reminded me of two things is uh you know uh, another measure we lo- we use is is tracking what the market closes at and seeing if we if we're beating the market you know the final price so for example if you take a team let's say Maryland that's favored by um, you know you, you get them at minus five and the game closes at minus six and a half and even if they got blown out or they lose that game um, but you beat the market by a point and a half or two points I mean that that is worth something you know obviously you don't get paid out the bet. Mm-hmm. Um, which sucks, of course, but you are beating the marketplace. And uh, when you beat the marketplace 
you know, 10,000 times, you are going to win more times than you're going to lose. So that's just another way other than the final score, because like we said about one simulation that we're seeing that we're running here, um, you know, like you said, the signal and the noise. Uh, and the other thing is, is, is something that I, uh, you know, it took me a while to understand this, but I had a seasoned veteran, uh, better tell me this, uh, or no, actually I think this was on a podcast, but, uh, for example, identifying like having a weakness in January, um, this is actually a way to improve as a handicapper. It's like, okay, so what am I missing in between the, the transfer from non-conference to conference play? Right. Mm-hmm. What am I missing? So it's like an identifier of, okay, this is something that I'm not seeing. I'm not. I'm not being totally aware of. So it's really a way to get better, you know? So really it's how you view it. So you can, you know, I think the initial reaction is to get pissed off and to go on tilt, like we said, and just start betting every game blindly. Uh, but I guess a elevated thought is, Oh wow. Okay. This is a weakness I have. Let, let's circle it. And you know, maybe it does, I'm not going to be able to profit from it now or even next January, but maybe two Januarys from now. You know, now that I'm aware of it going into January next year, maybe I track things a little bit better or I, I monitor things a little bit differently. And then, you know, the, the January after I, I then can turn that into an actionable strategy. Um, that's really how you should be viewing these things. It is, it is a way to get better, you know. So so it's just just another thing out there where um, trust me, I know people are playing my plays and I, I hate that. Um, you know, the, the whole goal of the exercise from the Twitter account to, to the podcast is to make you a conceptual and better, better, but I know most people also, uh, want to make money from it, but I know people are betting this. I'm betting this with my own money, probably more so I would hope more so than anyone else is betting. So it sucks, but yeah, I just wanted to, to kind of bring that to light and, uh, in transparency. But as far as college basketball, um, it's pretty much status quo. It's a very weird year. Uh, there's no elite team. Ken Palm's highest ranked team is Kansas right now. They don't have a, a surefire point guard. Uh, I don't think the Big 12 is that great. Um, talent wise, you know, probably Duke is, is probably the best team. But they lost two straight um, a couple weeks ago. Of course, I had money on both of them. Um, so, yeah, it's still a weird year. I, st- I think we're really going to capitalize come March uh, just because that's when we get neutral site basketball. That's where we're going to have to connect some dots. Um, but just because it's a non-traditional year doesn't mean it's not a year we can't take advantage of things. It's just we may have to look at things a little differently. Um, but the rest of the you know, next couple episodes is going to be so college basketball featured because there's no more football. Baseball doesn't start, even though I, I just do kind of long-term betting on, on baseball. We will have a baseball preview, of course, but... Um, so, so, you know, we'll, we'll get into more of the, the depths of it in future episodes. Um, but yeah, does that, that kind of make sense from like a, a macro point of view in terms of where we are with basketball season? It does. It does. It doesn't sound like this is going to, uh, this has any chance of going the, the football season way where you cut off college basketball. No, I will not be cutting off college basketball. Um, I might rein in some things, um, but I'm not cutting it off. Um, you know, standard you know going through the process might make some tweaks but no not cutting off college football and that was more of the mental drain than anything else um you know with doing nfl and college football and dealing with children five days a week mm-hmm. um did you see that tweet i had about what occurred wednesday night there rob or the thursday night excuse me i did i, I loved it i thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> glad um i'm glad chad asked you to explain what happened to it's really good Sounds like you're uh, you're bringing the passion of nothing else. Yeah. So uh, first of all, our, 
I, I am an assistant coach, not even a head coach. It was called on a bench. So actually, I, I, I did, you know, we, we deduced it that it was on me. But yeah, I received a technical foul in a middle school basketball game. First of all, we are 4-0. So it's very passionate. Uh, but we're getting hosed by these freaking refs. And uh, probably my favorite kid on the team took this awesome charge. Uh, and it was so blatantly a good charge that he took. Uh, but for whatever reason, they called it a block. And I just lost my absolute shit and, and received a technical foul. <laughs> Uh, but they missed all four of the free throws, both uh, on the, the act of shooting, which they gave him a, a, a foul on in the two because of me. So I, I did was saying, ball, don't lie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I said uh, off air to you a couple weeks back. Uh, I've, I've been able to enjoy a lot of vices in my life, but nothing quite compares to uh, coaching and winning a basketball game. It is it is. Whew, it is cigarette worthy. It really is. It is cigarette worthy. But yeah, but yeah we were 4-0. We got a last regular season game Tuesday, and then we're just going to get mentally ready for uh, for playoffs. You know, so so life is good. I dig it. <laughs> I love how my personal news is middle school basketball, and yours is that you're getting married. But hey, that's uh, the way the cookie crumbles there, Rob. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Yes, it is. Well, I think we'll wrap things up and uh, maybe we'll see everyone two weeks. Maybe a little live pod action. Who knows? Could get the live pod. Bring your mic. Put it in your bag. B-Y-O-M. See you then. Peace.